This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's Friday, isn't it? It's Friday. It's Friday, isn't it? It's Friday. It's Friday, isn't it? It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It is Friday, and you are listening to the front three of me, Adam Bolt, with the one and only Lawrence McKenna. Welcome back. Delighted to be joined by Rory Jennings from the Chelsea Fans Channel from France. Where are you? Where are you right now, Rory? Right now, I'm in my hotel. I'm in a hotel just on the. Uh, just actually, my window looks out onto Lille Stadium. Oh, lovely. Very. Nice. So uh, yeah, so just waiting to head home. Really. You're obviously out there following England. Uh, obviously, a yes. fantastic win yesterday. We spoke uh, on the TFR live show. A very different reaction at halftime to full time, Roy. I know, I, I'm, and I am pretty embarrassed about what some of the stuff I said. I was, I was caught up in the moment. Um, it was just, it was just torturous because that first half was nothing short of a disgrace. And been looking forward to a tournament for two years, and it felt like we were going to be out of it in a game and a half. Mm. So, it, it, I, but you know, there's no. Uh, there's no place in football for, for calling people names, and I, I shouldn't have done that. I believe but, the words were senile old idiot. You called Roy Hodgson. Yeah, <laughs> again, it's it, probably uh, it's probably slightly too. Uh, I'd like to say it was a, a joke, but yeah, there's a lot of truth is said in jest as well. At the same time, you know, obviously, uh, as you said, that first half performance uh, was relatively poor, going down one nil to that Gareth Bale free kick. Joe Hart probably should have saved that. Has to be said, but. Hodgson did show some some boldness really at halftime, brought on both Jamie Vardy and Daniel Sturridge, and it worked out for him, right? It did, and I think that you're being quite generous to Hodgson there to say he showed some boldness. I think he was boxing into a corner. England were holding on, you know, we were holding on to the tournament by the uh, skin of our necks. And what else can you do? You're, you're losing a game. You need to score goals. You need to score more than one goal. So he put on three forwards, but that isn't tactical brilliance. That's just anybody would do that. You need to score goals. Put on forwards. Mm. It's simple equations. Um, I don't think that Hodgson deserves too much credit for that. Well, in a way, in a way, it is tactical brilliance. But what you're saying is, it's not sort of he's, he's not thought through that tactical brilliance. He's sort of had he's been forced to roll the dice essentially. And you'd rather yes. be in a situation where he didn't have to roll. Mm. Exactly, exactly. Because England, the, the players at Hodgson's disposal, shouldn't be going in a goal down to Wales like that. You know, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from the Welsh. I think they they played well, but I don't think they had a shot on target aside from the goal. They're not they're not a good team. They they mustered and played well and and played beyond themselves, but. On paper, England should have had that game sewn up easily. And the mm. fact that they didn't, I think, comes down to the management. But is it also a little bit, is, is there a sense of almost like the FA Cup a bit about it? And this was definitely um, an exceptional game because, again, it's it's almost, well, it is a derby, isn't it? So, it's a, for me, I keep thinking about it, there's elements of the FA Cup. 
you know, Albania yeah. managing to hold on for such a long time. And people use sort of similar tropes, if you like. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think it's uh, this this tournament, you know, tournament football is played like exciting cup ties, and that's why we love it. You know, that's why we look forward to it so much. Like like I said before, we've been looking forward to coming to France for two years, and a performance like that is just unacceptable. So, um, but yeah, we we got the result. The crucial thing is that we got the result, and sometimes. Like nothing's going to change my mind regarding Hodgson. I don't think he's the right man for the job. No. But sometimes good things happen under the wrong management. You know, Manchester United won the FA Cup, and I think most people would say, most United fans would say that Van Gaal was the wrong man, but he managed to win the FA Cup. So there is, you know, there is a template for this. So fingers crossed we can get somewhere. Big win, and obviously uh, more historic because it's actually the first time England have ever won a game at a major tournament having trailed at half time. So it is a big result. But I think the words you used, Rory, were papering over the cracks, essentially. Yes, that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. You know, score, scoring a last minute winner against the Welsh was wonderful, and I went bonkers, as did every other Englishman in the stadium. It was fantastic, loved it. But it just should not be in that position. And I think. Now the euphoria has worn down, we can analyse exactly what happened in that game. It wasn't good enough. On any, on any level, it wasn't good enough. I mean, certain individual performances weren't up to scratch. Others were, were masterful. You know, I thought the fullbacks really were brilliant. And fair play to the Tottenham boys there. But overall, it wasn't good enough. And I think if we analyse why, I think the buck stops with Hodgson every mm. time. What of Raheem Sterling, Lawrence? Because obviously he came off at half-time. Uh, for, for Daniel Sturridge I believe and obviously that worked out that substitution but getting a lot of criticism uh, he's only 21 years old but it feels like you know a player of such promise a few years ago at Liverpool he's almost stagnated it feels like uh, well yeah I think at Liverpool there was a very different situation for him uh, maybe he sort of lost his way a little bit at Man City uh, it, it was very unusual when the Premier League made highlights of his season and it was just it was video barely lasted a minute. Um, but I think the thing with him is, you know, we've seen the revolution with Kingsley Coman or the evolution with him. He's been fantastic. You know, he, he seemed um, to, to basically want to progress his career. And, uh, you know, obviously he couldn't do that where he was, so he had to go somewhere where he could. I wonder whether the same will happen when Pep Guardiola meets with... Um, meets with Sterling and they both managed to find out how he can be exactly like Kingsley Coman but better obviously Harry Kane the other man coming off Rory has to be said he was sort of starved of service really um, obviously the substitution worked but obviously the system changed which which benefited both Vardy and Sturridge so I don't, yeah. I don't want to be too harsh on Kane is it? I think I think we can be quite harsh on him only because of the high standards that he's he's created for himself this season I think mm. we have to judge we have to judge Harry Kane by his outstanding season and therefore his contribution to this England campaign so far hasn't been good enough that's not to say that he like like he isn't solely responsible he hasn't mm. been given the service it's just Harry Kane in his most in his pomp creates chances for himself he doesn't rely on other people creating mm. chances for him and he hasn't been doing that therefore I think the substitution was actually correct I'd like to see him play alongside another striker though to, to have someone paired up up top of him like Vardy and Sturridge were in that second half regardless Ooh, I, I mean, think you're dreaming you're dreaming who, remember well, who's in charge who, who would you like to see start the next game against the back here on Monday would you, would you go for Sturridge and Vardy I, I think it's I think it's very difficult I think it's such a it's such a great problem to have but it, it is something that is very difficult to give to give a definitive correct answer here because I think Harry Kane is definitely the best striker out of three that is for me unquestionable 
what then is makes it very tricky is that the other boys score the goals and football being a meritocracy I said it again but you have to go with the players who scored the goals and therefore I think Harry Kane may I, I think Hodgson will bring him back but I think that we should go with the two players that scored the goals just okay Interesting. Um, the other sort of debate that emerged, Lawrence, was uh, Deli Ali, um, another Spurs player who maybe didn't quite perform as, as people were hoping. A lot of people calling for Jack Wilshere to come in in his place, uh, despite the fact that everyone was quite upset that Jack Wilshere was included in the squad in the first place. I mean, who would you like to see start against Slovakia out of those two? Uh, I'd like to see. Uh, oh, that's a good question. Who would I like tough, to see? Um, to be honest, I'd like to see Deli Ali continued, but I did. Uh, I- Maybe a half realize, and a half. Yeah, I didn't realise at the time, but he set up Daniel Sturridge. He's working the box. Yeah. It was a little sort of drag back uh, yeah. into Sturridge's path. So I'm not, you know, obviously he didn't have a massive influence in the game uh, for the majority of it, but I think it's harsh to sort of, you know, want to all of a sudden drop him for Wilshire. But I mean, um, I, do, I do also feel a bit like, yeah, this is the thing is we're criticising so many teams for being uh, bad, you know, sort of struggling against sides who sit very deep and mm. don't, and don't play very expansive football. I feel like that's just a little bit harsh on some players because, you know, Wales went out there with a very clear idea. And, uh, you know, it would be, if that was the Premier League, I think a lot of people would see it very differently because it's tournament football and it seems all very much on the edge. I think people see it differently. Uh, would Jack Wilshere have been able to open up that game? Well, we'll never know. But, um, <laughs> uh, but I, I still think that Deli Ali deserves that opportunity. I think I think it's very difficult sometimes. I think I think Lawrence has hit the nail on the head there because the two players who you've highlighted of potentially having their places in jeopardy mm. are the two players who take the most risks. They're the two players who, you know, Raheem Sterling, every time he picks a ball up, he looks to go forward, he looks to beat a man. And simply by the nature of being that player means you are going to be dispossessed and lose possession. Deli Ali, the same thing. Therefore, you, you can't have a go at these players for losing the ball because... If it comes off what they're trying to do, you probably score, as you pointed out with Dele Ali's assist for the goal. You, you, I think we have to be more, we have to give them a bit more liberty and allow them to occasionally get dispossessed because what they're trying to do is the magnificence. When you're trying to achieve the, the, the penetrating run or the skipping past a man, odds are you won't do it because it's very difficult and, and that's why these players are in such, uh, you know, such a high regard. Mm. I, th- I think that to... to you know, um, Sterling hasn't been good enough, and Ali wasn't good enough. But let's not let's not be too impulsive here. They're they're excellent football players who have the who have the ability to change games and win your games. So let's let's be a bit more, uh, just a bit more forgiving to yeah. these multi-millionaires. <laughs> what about what about a word on on Wales? Where I mean, what did you make of them? Because obviously they got that first goal. In the second half, they just seemed to sit back completely. Maybe they should have been more positive. Yeah, I think perhaps they. I think that perhaps they should have done. I mean, they they suffered from what England suffered from when we played against Russia. If England had gone for that two 0 for the second goal, I think we'd have probably got it and therefore won the game and been uh, in a far stronger position than we are now. I think Wales did the same thing. I think they were delighted to get the goal. I think they were aware that there was a chasm in quality, though, in all honesty, and therefore they got the goal and tried to preserve what they had. And a draw would have suited them perfectly, and they were a minute away from having it. So I understand why they sat back. But I, I, I hope Wales go through. I genuinely hope they go through, and uh, I don't see why they won't. Actually. I think they will. Yeah. I, hope they can, I think they'll I think, be. Russia, I think yeah. they can. Yeah, I think they can definitely do it, and I want them to. I'd, I'd like to see them doing well. But 
they're so average. They're such an average team. I mean, if you look across the team, as soon as you take out, if you take, if you keep hold of Bale, do your best to keep Ramsey quiet, you are then looking at a very, very average side. And that's why I think that this, um, I, I don't know, euphoria that seems to be going around this result among England support. Like when I left the stadium yesterday, Lil was just mobbed with jubilant England fans. And although I was part of that, although I'm delighted, like, come on, lads, this would Wales be a Premier League team? No, but at the same time, um, you know, would Romania be a Premier League team? Would Albania be a Premier League team? No, no, absolutely not. But I wouldn't suggest that we should go crazy. Like, if we were, if it took us a last-minute goal to beat Albania, I'd be saying the same thing. We can't get carried away. If we, if if we played Italy yesterday, and and this is a very weakened Italy, you know, it's arguably the worst Italian team for fifty years. But if we had done what we did to Italy under their fantastic manager then perhaps I would understand this euphoria and belief. But there needs to be a bit of perspective here. This is this is hugely papering over the cracks. And mm. I'm delighted, I'm delighted with the result, but there's a huge but attached to it. Mm. Let's see if we can uh, get a, a win against the back of it and hopefully a better performance. Uh, before we let you go, Roy, because I know you've got a hero star to catch, I just want to talk a little bit about the, the atmosphere out there and sort of how it is on the ground. Because the first few days, obviously, we saw all the chaos and we've sort of been talking about that on the podcast. But I just wanted to get your sort of first hand experience. I mean, it, it seems a lot calmer in the last few days. Yes, the, the, the atmosphere yesterday was actually a joy to be there and a testament to how well English and well, British fans can behave. It was, it was completely mixed, English and Welsh fans having lots of singing similar songs, having, having jests between the two, but it was, it was completely peaceful and really, 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 really nice to be there. Previously in Marseille, it was obviously a different story. It was carnage. And I'm, while I would never say that the English fans were completely innocent they were certainly on the receiving end and it was it was unlike anything I've ever seen before it was a throwback to what I imagine visiting sort of the, the old den in 1976 would have been like it really was appalling and it was coordinated I think that was the scariest thing English English football support can be bad I'm not I'm never one I'm not an apologist at all but English football support can be bad but it isn't coordinated attacks it's anti-social behaviour it's things that are things that are completely unacceptable but it's it's invading a town square and taking it over it's sometimes leering at women it's sometimes throwing bottles it's sometimes having fights all things that are absolutely out of order and never acceptable but it's not coordinated it isn't a militia group prowling the streets hoping mm. to find some English people and, and it was it was predators and prey it really was and I've honestly never seen anything like it so like when people when people are leaving the house and they're, they're packing gum shields and GoPros and things you've got to start then thinking like English fans didn't do that English fans go into a town square and behave less than chivalrously what the, the Russian fellas did over there is unlike anything that I think tournament football's ever seen before. Well, there's a big difference between the two. Like, what definitely occurs to me while you're saying that is that the England fans, maybe there wasn't such a deliberate side to that. You know, they basically got, they got drunk and there's no apology for that. They got drunk and did really stupid things. Whereas this was a calculating, worryingly calculating attack from the Russians. Um, exactly. And uh, sort of weirdly aggressive 
because in- incredibly aggressive and, 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 and also brilliantly York. executed like brilliantly executed yeah well done you know, on that one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you sound like the Russian sports minister um, <laughs> yeah. yeah how brilliantly executed he was at the side just this was brilliantly executed <laughs> lads who's got a GoPro um, on get me on camera um, has anyone else seen that van I don't know if it's a real van because it looks the heterosexuals the heterosexual van it yeah, says I put a video up of it yesterday I've got some fantastic news on that front go on Lawrence you'll love it Good. I, uh, I drove I drove past it yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, looking out my window and, and we're on the way to Lille and we've gone past it I've gone to the cab driver I'm like mate you have to go back around it had been completely graffitied brilliant. in in yeah in brilliant absolutely brilliant in um just unity colours, you know, uh, like the rainbow colours and stuff. So we went back around, I put a little video, sadly I couldn't, I was slightly scared filming it, obviously, because people who (laughs) have a van like that probably wouldn't enjoy the the lesson. What the heterosexuals, Rory? went back around and yeah I put a little video there's a video on our uh, on the Chelsea fans channel Twitter of just like the Russian lads cleaning it off cleaning off the rainbow oh god brilliant that's hilarious that definitely is a phrase that I never thought I'd hear Russian (laughs) heterosexuals cleaning off the rainbow that is (laughs) definitely go and check out that video on Chelsea fans channel Roy it's been a pleasure to have you on go and catch that train mate we'll speak to you thank you thank you so much for having us I love this podcast guys cheers man see you later cheers see you later we could do a little cut there um, okay. Oh, let me just think good about direction. Yeah, you do a cut there. You do a cut, right? and then <laughs> I will. I'm going to leave all this in. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. What did you make of the game then? I mean, it, interesting what Rory's saying there. Although you know, fantastic result. He's sort of recognizing the failures. Then I like that phrase, papering over the cracks, because as you said, it is a roll of the dice, really, and you do get the impression sometimes that. England don't really know, or Roy Hodgson doesn't know the best way to set out this team. You know, all of a sudden, Wayne, when he's playing in midfield, Sterling starting, there's, there's decisions maybe that make you think that Roy Hodgson doesn't have a coherent plan yet. And that's reinforced when he throws on Vardy and Sturridge and, and they win against Wales coming from behind. I, I think we said this pre-tournament, damned if you do and damned if you don't. And I agree with what Rory's saying. And I think, um, you know, papering over the cracks is right. But at the same time, I think that's slightly an approach that you have to take during a tournament because it's sort of, it's the necessity of a tournament. Mm. You're going in and you're, you're, you're seeing the environment when you get there. You know, you, we don't know how Wales were going to start the tournament. If Wales had started awfully and then we'd have had this game, it would have been even worse. But the fact is that Wales are in pretty confident mood. They, they were going to be always going to be playing up to England. The same with Russia. And I think the same with Slovakia because England mm. are still a big head to take in the tournament. And I think that maybe where I see where Rory's coming from, because what he's saying is with these players, you should be ready for a tournament. We should be much more confident. But I think that perception also comes. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
from outside. I don't know how much that <sighs> comes from the England just, camp itself. Yeah, I just feel on the inside, Roy Hodgson should know what his best team is. And I yeah, just feel like it's quite does not Roy. That's you. But, he, he, but the, the evidence on the pitch, it seems that Roy Hodgson doesn't know what his best team is. But I think, he, I mean, so what you're saying is because this team isn't getting the results um, that, that, that you want, therefore, what, uh, he doesn't know. Because it, to me, that's putting two different things together and making it and coming out. So you're putting two and two together and coming out with five. No, I'm putting two and two together and coming up with four, no? So that performance yesterday, I think it... No, but you're not coming up with four. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but what I'm saying is your your conclusion is on the right lines, but I, I think you need to take it a step further. And what I think is that I'm, step I'm further? Not, I'm not, well, I'm not an apologist for Roy. You know, I, I don't appreciate where England are <laughs> either, but at the same time, I feel like it's quite harsh on him um, to make the conclusions that we are I, I, the fact is that England got the result the fact is that Russia definitely did play up in the first game and there are other teams who had difficult first games as well and you know France were minutes away from drawing nil-nil with Albania but kept pushing and um, the guys who set up those goals weren't on the pitch early on but no one accused uh, Deschamps of um, n- you know, oh, no. not not yeah. having the tactical acumen to start those guys, apart from Scorker Dave, but he's a moron. And, and I think, the, <laughs> yeah, the, you I know, but it. the point was with that with that French camp was people were very clear. Oh, Deschamps has trained with and without these guys, and uh, we just want you all to know he's definitely in control. But there's no one on the inside of the English camp, and maybe that's not Roy's fault, but that you know it is partly Roy's fault. Maybe he should be sort of saying, "Look, we're very clear what we want to do." And we know we know when to bring those players on. Because course, the difference the between him and Deschamps was... That, the other Desch- way of communicating that is on the pitch. I just, you know, listen, I'll give Hodgson credit for the, for the way he was bold. He changed it halfway through the game, essentially. Good. But it does seem that he, he doesn't quite know what his best team is. And you should yeah. know that. After all the qualifying we've been through, all the games, to suddenly, you know, ha- have this system out there which is clear. It, it wasn't quite working against Wales. Credit, he changed it up. But I'm very interested to see in that final game against Slovakia what, how, how he starts the game, essentially. Who starts and why. Um, I'm going to be out there watching it. So I'm very excited to see, hopefully, a, a better performance as well, essentially. Because that first half, you know, wasn't great, essentially. Um, of course, there was another game on the yesterday lines. Not just England. And yes. then momentous win against well, Germany, Poland. Now, I didn't get a chance to see this one myself. Obviously, you were on TFR Live. So I didn't get a chance to see it myself. I was too busy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, too busy, doing <laughs> too busy talking to kids. <laughs> the irony of that show is you sit there and it's like, oh, it's the watch-along show. You know, you don't actually get to watch the game. You're and like, then you oh. make huge sweeping statements yes. about the match. Because at the end, they're like, okay, now give your conclusion on the match. You're like, wow, I just really saw the goals, really. I didn't really get a sense of the, the tactical battle that was going on. Um, in terms of Germany, Poland, though, it did end the draw. Um, from what I saw watching it, you know, I probably saw more than you watching it out of the corner of my eye. You probably did. <laughs> uh, you know, bit of a defensive masterclass uh, from the likes of uh, Jerome Boateng, but a few chances missed by Poland that maybe they, they should have scored. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, I think Poland are a side, and I've said this, who are sort of coming to, you know, they're coming to an apex in terms of this generation. And I think they've realised that because, again, they've evolved from four years ago when they were a young, uh, not immature side, but slightly um, younger, naive team. And here we are. The other momentous win, uh, aside from, from England, of course, was Northern Ireland, beating Ukraine uh, 2-0, dropping Carl Lafferty, Michael O'Neill, um, and, and it paid off. Yeah, 
Um, it really did. I, I really enjoyed watching Northern Ireland in this one. And, you know, I know that the scoreline was slim and, you know, it, what I find unusual is people sort of lambasting Roy Hodgson for this, but then being like, go on, Northern Ireland, you got that <laughs> you got that goal. Um, <laughs> but it, I suppose it's the expectation in the tournament, isn't it? But the Northern Ireland fans seem grateful, whereas the England fans, mm, less so. Uh, yeah, there's, there's certain expectations, isn't it? I mean, that, that is literally the first ever time Northern Ireland have won in the European Championship. Yeah. Um, so it is a massive result. They've obviously got to play Germany on Tuesday now. Um, they're third in the group. They're one point behind Germany and Poland. Uh, so maybe a draw will be enough to, to sort of, you know, almost guarantee one of those best third place finishes. Um, but I think, again, I, I think that probably will. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't think, well, the, the fact is Ukraine can't uh, really come back because they're four goals down. I think they're minus, they're minus three or four, I think, on goal difference. Um, I, you, I still think, though, uh, Northern Ireland's final game, they could end up finishing in the top two positions. That would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? If they if they finished Northern Ireland, if they finished, th- <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't even talk. If Northern Ireland win, they're going to be guaranteed first or second. If I think they'll draw though. Ah, okay. If they draw, but that would be. Not, I think that would be a, a pretty good result if they if they manage to draw. I think not they'll draw. Um, yeah. ah, they'll, they'll face the winner of Group C. Uh, if they finish third, or they could finish uh, face the winner of Group A, which you know looks like it might be France, which would be interesting. Um, today's fixtures, though, we've got Spain Turkey. That's the evening game. Um, obviously, Spain not a massively convincing win in their first game over the Czech Republic. Uh, Turkey, obviously, having lost to Croatia, be looking to uh, to get three points on the board. How did this one go? Um, I, it, it, for me, I've sort of characterised. Um, characterized uh spain in the sense that they are a side who um they are i think they're quite a cerebral team i think they they definitely know they're, they're quite calculating in that sense you almost feel them like stalking their prey for the first hour of the game and uh you know they pass it around pass it around it feels similar to that barcelona vibe of a few years ago um where you know people are just like they're gonna score any minute and then when they do, you're almost unsurprised. But it's quite a different team, I think, to that one that happened a few years ago. I don't think people are particularly happy um, with with the way that Spain have gone because I don't feel they people think they've evolved enough. Um, so I still think that there are a lot of question marks in the Spanish media over how well they're going to do at this tournament, considering how they sort of collapsed out the last one. And then I think a lot of people aren't sort of happy with only getting a 1-0 in the last game so I think in this game um, it's going to be interesting to see how Spain face up against what was a very intense Turkey side in the last match I mean you know you saw Turkey I, I, I characterised them against uh, Croatia as head and heart the head was Croatia and the heart was Turkey so if Spain looked to keep possession and Turkey utterly harried them in the last way the game the way they did in the last game I think we're in for a really exciting match Victory will secure them of a, a place in the round of sixteen for Spain. I think they'll ultimately get that. So I, I think uh, you know they've, they've got the passing acumen to sort of outthink Turkey in that sense, which is disappointing because actually I'd love to see Turkey go through. Turkey haven't beaten Spain for fifty-two years. I mean, uh, it's not like they play each other every two weeks, but um, <laughs> no, yeah. no. Uh, Spain have won four, uh, and Turkey have won one 
in okay, so they played five times in seven 50 years. <laughs> yeah, in total. <laughs> Great, but you know, it, it, when you spin it like that, it sounds really good. You know, that's irrelevant. Yeah, fifty years. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Um, a thousand early, yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. uh, Croatia, Czech Republic. Are obviously playing uh, That'd earlier. Be a great well. game, won't it? Yeah, everyone's high on Croatia. I think after that, that first performance, everyone was very impressed, and you could sort of see just how good they were. A lot of people's dark horses to go through. So I'm excited to see Modric again, uh, Rakitic, and, and see if they can uh, similarly impress. But the game I'm most excited about, Lawrence, I have to say, is Italy, Sweden. Why? Now, I'm really, I'm really excited because because I was so taken aback almost by how well Italy played against Belgium, uh, the way they executed their game plan. I wasn't expecting much. I don't think anyone was. Can, really. I say, can I say one thing before we do move on? Um, oh, go on. Before we move on from Croatia, Czech Republic. Okay. The reason uh, I'm going to be interested to see Czech Republic play is because obviously uh, Czech Republic held Spain. Um, uh, you know, that's no mean feat in itself. I'll be interested to see how they stifle the guys who only scored one goal in the first match um, and didn't look like they created an awful lot. Yeah, well, they held they held Spain until the last right when Gerard Piquet was. Yeah, but then I'm wondering, you know, in the back. same way that Croatia played Turkey, um, although the way that Turkey played Croatia was actually very intense. So I'm just I'm wondering if you don't play them with the uh, the same intensity, are you going to come out with the same? Um, are you going to come out with the same result? Anyway, back to your intensity, your exciting game, Italy. Yes, I'm, I'm intrigued because obviously. That that Sweden result, Sweden Republic of Ireland, the one or draw didn't really suit either team, so they're gonna Sweden are gonna need to win essentially. Um, unless we'll, we'll see how the Belgium game goes because Belgium now is almost an unknown quantity in terms of a lot of question marks after that game. Are they going to come back stronger now, refocused against Republic of Ireland, and sort of live up to their billing, or is it all downhill from here essentially? And they're going to be one of the big scalps to, to go out in the group stages. Has, wait to be seen but for this game we're excited to see if Italy can almost put on more of a convincing performance and take down the Sweden side I mean what are you expecting to see um yeah I think it's going to be uh I think it's obviously we're going to see what Zlatan has to offer um, yeah uh, but against that back line I think it's going to be a wonderful uh, I think you're either looking at you're probably looking at Italian defensive masterclass you know oh. you've got the, the real BBC there Bonucci Basaglia Chiellini <laughs> Yeah. I'd like to see them be obviously they defended as you say masterfully against Belgium uh, and, and executed the game plan well but then but they like didn't really be, need to be masterful against Belgium did they because yeah. it wasn't like Belgium particularly challenged them but I'd like to see them be maybe a little bit more almost expansive I know that's not necessarily the Italian way yeah um, and, it, and it was a very impressive start I want them to essentially show us why a lot of people after that first game are saying bloody hell you know Italy could go all the way here you know they're, they're a lot better than we thought they, genu- well, they genuinely what. could but let me just say I mean uh, looking at Italy's squad they've definitely got people that can come in and um, sort of replace these guys but not to the same level uh, but there are two of their back line I think it's Chiell- yeah it's Chiellini and Benucci on yellow cards so if they pick up a yellow card then they go uh, they're out of the next game which is obviously um, the next the, in the next round, so that sort of takes away from some of that strength. Now you could probably drop someone back, like maybe uh, one of the two fullbacks could drop back, but that definitely takes away. And if they're playing someone like Zlatan and they're playing um, teams where they need to be physical and they possibly are going to need to make fouls at times in order to take out um, to take out players, then we'll see how how well they can defend. Mm, a because, win. Sorry, yeah, you don't want, you don't basically you don't want to you don't want to lose one of those guys in the next. Yeah, a win will send uh, Italy through to last 16. Obviously, a defeat, uh, basically throw that group, that group wide open, essentially. Um, 
Jonathan Guidetti expected to start for Sweden, so maybe they're going to go for a more uh, attacking approach to try and get that win. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Two o'clock, stop, work stops. Let's watch Italy, Sweden. Is, oh, is that what happens at uh, TFR? Well, just sort of the telly's on the background, essentially, and everyone, uh, the, the productivity goes down, is what I'd say. Um, Do you know that there was a directive uh, just the other day by uh, by uh, the, the, the working board or whatever it is in England? Um, give people time off. Yeah, to basically, not to give them time off, uh, to, this is what's fascinating, is, is not give them time off, it's to allow their staff to watch the game. Yeah. So staff are allowed to watch the game in the office. What, do no work, and then you just sort it. Essentially, yeah. That's what I like. Isn't that, it. A bit Isn't that a little bit weird? Like, if you would. The weird thing was people were tweeting, like, yeah, our boss let us do this. And you're like, yeah, of course he did. Um, <laughs> uh, have you stuff. also seen uh, there is a town, there was that town in Wales. We didn't, we obviously didn't cover this because we were talking about There was that town in Wales that renamed, I think it's called Bala, renamed itself Bale for the entirety of the Euros. Uh, sorry, say that again. So there's a town in Wales which renamed itself from Bala to Bale for the Euros. Really? Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And Wasn't you know, some... I think also for the day, the opening day of, um, uh, let me let me find this, Irish. Is it, are you talking about Ireland? Uh, the airport, was was it the airport renamed, was it? Yeah, like I, I heard this on the Ramble, so I'm sort of stealing their content. Uh, uh, was it Belfast? Dub- Bel- Belfast City Airport. Uh, was temporarily renamed after Kyle Lafferty. Yeah, normally named after George Best. But yeah, Kyle Lafferty yeah, got the honour um, to mark the country's first fixture as a European Championship. So there you have it. Good stuff. And then well, also, what's, the re- what's the England rename? Should we rename something? Wayne Rooney Airport, surely. Uh, just, I don't know. Airports don't seem glamorous enough. Airports I think it should be gla- Big Rune. Big, Big Ben should be called Big Rune. For the tournament, you know, his Only face. Peter Crouch was still in the team. His face could be the clock face, you know. Uh, it could work if England gets to the final. I think we should start a campaign. Well, uh, surely, if uh, surely Liverpool save that, and then uh, if they win, then they rename whatever clock it is on the town hall the Jurgen Clock. Oh yes, so that's much better. You want to? You always want to find something that's got wordplay. So we need to find a uh, maybe a river like the. No, there isn't anything that sounds like Rooney. Um, <laughs> you can almost hear the, the, the cogs work. There's got to be some good wordplay. If you guys can come up with uh, anything in the world, anything in the Euros that can be renamed from that country for another player. Yeah, but it has know. to be a play on words. It ha- just, yeah, it, just change it the name be. of the airport to call out the airport. It's not good enough. Yeah. It has to rhyme with it. It has to, you know, has to be something going on. Uh, otherwise could it be if if there's sort of um you know like say there's a a, a road in italy which you know maybe a certain player scores a goal late you call it the el sharabo motorway <laughs> that's pretty bad i gotta say it, that is pretty bad but at the same time i think it's brilliant uh lovely lovely stuff uh, finally, we were talking about Jürgen Klopp there. did you see Jürgen Klopp's uh, birthday cake it was his birthday yesterday that liverpool gave him no Oh, you got to check it out. It's, it's horrifying. It's terrifying. It looks is like a, a gremlin version of Jürgen Klopp. Oh, my quite, God. Yeah, it's quite impressive, guys. I would I recommend just typing in Jürgen Klopp uh, cake on, Brilliant. on uh, Google, seeing uh, the, the cake that Liverpool baked in for his 49th birthday. It was a very lifelike sort of, it was almost like a cake bust of his face, but also terrifying as well. Oh, that is uh, quite... Why do you want to knife your own face? Go on, then. <laughs> quite... <laughs> quite surreal you know, you know tucking into that one 
but guys, definitely check that out. For now, though, that is all for the front three today. Hope you've enjoyed listening. Uh, Squawker Dave will be back tomorrow, hopefully. With the real uh, stats. Subbed in. Uh, Roy today hope you enjoyed that do go and check out Rory's channel the Chelsea fan channel on YouTube you can also follow him on Twitter at Chelsea Rory he's following England for the entirety of Euro 2016 he's very much hoping to go through to knockout stages which is looking good so far I'm going to join him on Monday maybe dial me up on Monday on Skype Lawrence I'll give you some uh, some fan reaction and stuff that would actually be good if if we can do that that'd be great thanks because I'll try and make a little video as well or something it's nice that you can take some time off to go and see some games what do you mean? What are you trying to say? No, I'm just saying it's nice. It, yeah, it's holiday. I, I wish TFR were paying for it, but uh, I'm forking out my own hard earned to go and follow England on the road. You said forking. What's wrong with that? No, I was just checking. <laughs> Have you ever seen England away, Lawrence? I've never seen England away. I've seen England at home, but I've never seen England away. <laughs> yeah. um, what a way to answer that question. And I and I will be home for this again. So yeah. Um, don't be bitter. Don't no, be bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm genuinely happy for you. It's just my tone, which is the issue. Uh, there's probably tickets for, there must be tickets for, if the Republic of Ireland, uh, either way, I might try and get tickets to the last Republic of Ireland game as well, um, if I can. Because, you know, everyone says Republic of Ireland, best fans in, in Europe, best fans in the world. That last group game, whether they're going out, which is kind of like the last hurrah, you know, everyone's going to be going crazy. Or if they've gone through, then you know, it'd be an even bigger pie almost. Um, that'd be a good one. We so try either way, you can't lose. We could get tickets for that, you know. We could yeah. go out. And then, yeah, take Dave as well. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Let us know which games we should go to. I'd love to know a game to go to. I'll go. Good stuff. Guys, tweet us out the front for you. Let us know your thoughts on the Euros so far, who the players who've been exciting you, the teams uh, that have impressed you. Looking forward to today's games. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about it all. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special Treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ciao.